0: Twas the week of Christmas, twenty twenty, a year that hadn't been too funny, an emotional roller coaster to say the least. They gave us twelve hundred for a year-long feast. Time to ring the bell, and not for jolly. Let's get it going to end this folly. At least this year has gone by fast. Now it's time to start the podcast. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the jury, the verdict is in. Twenty twenty. Here on the way out. This is the Ring Scoops podcast, the Christmas episode. I'm the webmaster Wade Needham, joined with McEvoy, Cat, and the DA. Happy holidays, everybody.
2: I Happy thought we said holidays. Merry
3: Christmas. I thought we agreed to say Merry Christmas.
2: Shut up, DA. All right.
1: <laughs> Now, 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 you listen here, Paul.
4: <laughs> There's only one American tradition that shouldn't be taken from us, and that is the sanctity of Christmas. How dare you? It's
3: it's my right to say Merry Christmas <laughs> and not wear a goddamn mask. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna get well,
1: that nineteen COVIDed. <laughs>
2: Uh most people in Target nowadays.
1: Most well, people on Target.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, Target literally Target. had a massive problem with people not wanting to wear masks.
4: Really? Have you have you ever oh, yeah. seen have you ever seen anybody that like when they get told to put on their mask, like do they flip out? Yes. Or they're like especially how especially the they flip homeless out?
2: people. Oh my god. I heard Did you say homeless? Yeah, some of the homeless people coming to the Target. Um, When I used to work there... Muted myself for a second. We actually had a guy that um, literally... Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We actually had a guy that literally tried to fight our undercover um, security guy.
3: Undercover security. Why do you need undercover security people at Target?
2: <laughs> it's Target. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You'd, you'd be surprised, dude. This guy literally sat there and kept calling him the N word and all this other stuff, oh, and literally, the guy that was screaming at him the N word. No, was No, I, I
3: just I, I, the, I need some context. Guy, you can't just yell they, the N word at people.
2: Yeah, the the guy that was screaming it was black. The oh, the guy, guy that was screaming was it. Black. The guy he was screaming it at was Mexican. What? And he's like, dude, just get the hell out of my fucking store before I punch you in the face.
3: <laughs> they got punched and, in the and, nose.
2: And literally, like we're country. literally watching him and the head of um, security, who's a small little woman, like shorter than me, and I'm pretty short. Like following this guy, and this guy's like six foot three and they're screaming through the entire store that every single employee stopped what they were doing and just was watching as they're getting yelling at the guy to get the hell out of the store cuz A he refused to wear a mask, B he was trying to steal crap. And they caught him on camera.
3: All right, quickly, we need a police sketch artist in here immediately.
1: <laughs> so we know what A is, we know what B is, but can you solve for C?
2: <laughs> solve for C? Always.
1: I didn't know there was going to be a
3: test. Math?
1: No. (laughs) She said always. I don't know what that means, especially with the tone that she said, like, always.
3: (laughs) Always. You know, always.
1: What type of target is this? (laughs) (laughs) It got real real hot. It's a racial target.
2: (laughs) Actually, we've had some pretty bad people, especially now with 2020. I can like, see the uh,
3: like Walmart's new marketing campaign is we're <laughs> not as bad as Target. Walmart
4: <laughs> Walmart
3: always
2: <laughs> <laughs> Actually Walmart is pretty bad. But uh Target we've had our fair share of racist people that Should literally like
3: tagline for America
4: we' in america literally
2: this one guy literally got mad at my friend because he started making like my my friend was working electronics and this guy kept came up to him after he was helping another guy and he goes well i didn't want to ask for your help because you were helping that guy and then proceeded to make all these other stuff racial statements and so my friend just went, I'm sorry sir, but I can go find you somebody else because I'm not going to help you. Wow. And instead called security on the guy.
1: I would have been like, does it look like I got a white hood on my head?
2: I ain't helping your ass. <laughs> Straight up.
1: Man.
3: Merry Christmas everyone.
2: <laughs> There's more like it.
4: Don't ever make that mistake again.
2: <laughs> I don't celebrate
3: Kwanzaa
1: or panic.
2: 2020, the year that racism went to shit. What?
1: <laughs> that <Literally>, cho- people- <laughs> that holiday is where the DA puts one of them pogs or slammers on the back of his head, right?
2: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Literally, people have beyond terrible for 2020 that they literally show their true colors when it comes to race well, And
0: it you know what,
3: what
2: hasn't been, been terrible in 2020 pro <laughs> wrestling <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: hey mac if you thought the comments we got a couple weeks ago on the episode was bad i can't wait for the feedback for this one <laughs> hey hey, well,
2: hey, yeah. hey 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 you know to- 2020 has been great for pro wrestling unless you ask joey ryan
1: Oh wow. Speaking, <laughs> she her- Speaking of Target, a ladies minute.
4: and gentlemen <laughs> Wait, a Wait a minute See, see not only did she set up her own punchline And then read the joke She became her own member of the audience as well too <laughs> oh, Yeah, Joey Ryan's a piece of shit you <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy.
2: <laughs> No, literally fuck that guy
4: No, not literally. (laughs) What? No, wow. Cat, are you okay? First of all, always, and then now it's like just slanging. I just
2: want to home now. The reason I said literally fuck that guy is because I know the first person that would go fuck him is probably either Da or Blade. What? Holy shit! (laughs) Da's on the
4: call. What did I do? Well, can we talk about, seriously, though, can we talk about, uh, if I can be serious for a moment, (laughs) um, can we talk about the fact that he's countersuing all of these people for, like, ungodly amounts of money?
2: Can we talk about the fact that he's taking one of them all the way to Philadelphia where one of the people live just because of the fact that the judge in L.A. dismissed it?
4: yeah I'm sure he did dismiss it because LA is known LA is a very liberal court system now if you're in the south (laughs) you might as well get that pocketbook ready but um, it's a very liberal court system so a lot of people they do whatever they can to get the hell out of Los Angeles LA County um, when suing somebody I don't even know why he would even file that out here but um That's just crazy, because I think he sued them for, what, like $10 million, and he based that off of the ticket sales from his promotion? That's like Dr. Evil money.
1: Yeah, but he's only made, like, what, a quarter of a million in the last three or four years?
4: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then then, um, was he claiming that he was going to sign a contract with, like— Impact or AEW or somebody? Well, he'd yeah, already
1: signed with Impact.
2: He already had his contract with Impact. Oh, he literally okay. sat there and told Impact that they couldn't fire him for any accusations, but they still did.
3: Is he saying that he was gonna make ten million dollars in Impact? I don't
4: think <laughs> yeah, like like I he had him. from his from his bar wrestling, whatever it's called, yeah. and his indie appearances. Oh, and he's I getting a contract with the bar right now. <laughs> and, and and the contract you know i guess from impact when he said that his total damages is 10 million dollars so i don't know how you know
3: well you know what we're know. gonna sue china because i have over 20 trillion dollars of damages because of the coronavirus okay uh,
2: pretty much
4: what else happened in 2020 that was kind of like shocking? That is wrestling related, but not maybe necessarily in the ring related?
2: Wrestlers created OnlyFans?
4: Who's that created an OnlyFans?
2: I said many female wrestlers created OnlyFans. And Twitch
3: channels and cameos.
4: Yep. Well, that was. I Did mean, they again, open I up like...
1: OnlyFans to show off their cameo
4: toes? <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> but i mean the the real i guess the real underlining question is when they open up their only fans because some people are using only fans not from a sexual standpoint but was there any wrestler female male that said i'm doing the only fans and they said this is like sexual content sony that's
2: why she's back in prison I know you want me
3: <laughs> to go to OnlyFans.com/sunny.
2: That JR even was even promoting nonstop for people to go check out her OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, I remember.
4: Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, JR's <laughs> a thirsty man. I, re- I remember that
4: like hey hey guys uh it's kind of hard up on hard times but you can go to her only fans boomer soon <laughs> prove that you're yeah, a fan by joining her only fans
3: <laughs> it's just for her fans
4: just imagine that phone call. Like, what is that phone call like when you had to ask him or dm him hey uh jr uh, I mean, did she
3: <laughs> or is he just promoting it for the hell of it?
0: No, no but
4: are J-
3: promoted it. Thing. She
0: probably
4: J-R asked him. Yeah, just imagine that conversation. And then what's J.R. saying? Oh, well. If you she give me free membership. She probably
2: you J.R. that she needed money for to, you know, to pay for her legal fees. And then she ended up back in jail.
3: We're going to go back in
4: jail.
2: <laughs> what did
4: she, she get back in jail for? For breaking her parole. Oh yeah, she's screwed. She's
1: fruity. She's delicious. She's delicious. She's fruity. She's fruity. It's only fans. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> good old fucking Jr. Oh, I love that guy when he's not doing commentary anymore.
4: Oh. Yeah, Jr. is um. I, I, here's a headline that um, happened in 2020. How many times did AEW personality, superstars, uh, owners, executive producers, agents, how many times in their interviews were they asked about the WWE?
3: Hmm. I mean, freaking Kenny Omega showed up on the Thunderdome.
4: <laughs> I mean, like, like honestly.
3: Like,
1: I'm assuming I'm, every media appearance WWE was brought up, right?
3: I feel yeah, like it promotes WWE more than up. they promote AEW. I they
4: think do. they do. Yeah. I think they do.
2: Especially, like, if you've got former WWE superstars, like, they literally instantly ask them about WWE instantly.
4: Right, but I mean, don't you think at this point that you should know, because basketball players are even media trick Like, there's a player that, uh, I know you guys don't really follow sports like that, but there's a trick. A player named James Harden, and he is a big, big-time star for the Houston Rockets. And he so made it fancy. clear, he's just your time. <laughs> and he would. he made it very clear that he did not want to play for the Houston Rockets so whenever they ask him a question about hey because he wants to be traded but the season literally starts today for the NBA so he said that he wanted to be traded like before the season started he's still on the team trade hasn't happened as of yet so he's been practicing with the team and all of that because he's still on the team so they always ask him a question hey uh, since you've been practicing with the team um, has your stance changed in terms of wanting to be still a part of the team? And he always would wish, respond with next question or I'm not answering that or um, I've already talked about that. I'm focusing on the team. I'm focusing on the. So they always would, he was, he's media trained to dodge these questions or to not answer them. So My question is, why doesn't the AEW guys do? Why is it you know?
3: But I was just gonna say, I think it's because most of their fan base is that riled up anti WWE fans that want to say "fuck WWE, fuck Vince McMahon," you know. So to have your wrestlers say that thinks that they're just gonna bring more more of an audience in, where I, I don't I don't see that. I think you're just keeping the same audience.
2: I actually have to agree
4: with DA right there. What do you think,
1: Wade? I think, uh, <clears throat> I think the to branch off what DA's saying, which I agree with, um, I think they're doing it to pop the boys. Um, they know their audience. Mm. They know the audience is going to pop for that, so they're popping their audience as well instead of looking at the bigger picture of how is this going to make us look to people that aren't watching our product and it backfires on them because of that, because in any other realm that doesn't fly with anybody, but they think it's okay because it's wrestling. So they look at even media interviews as something they can kayfabe, which in 2020, you can't do that anymore. The business has changed. It's evolved. And the ironic thing is these are the people that always advocate for the whole well we're doing things different because the business has evolved so that's why we do DDTs and super kicks every five minutes but they don't apply that to interviews and media sessions which is hypocrisy in my opinion that's yeah, my it's funny.
4: I'm sorry it's, ahead, funny, it's, it's funny these these interviews um, that they have now back in the day these would be considered like sheet comments mm-hmm and they, I mean, you would have guys like RF Video and what's the other guy that um, was popular for K Kayfabe Commentaries. Kayfabe Commentaries. They would pay them a lot of money just to sit there on camera to say something about these other people. Yep. But now, like, mm-hmm. that whole thing is destroyed because, like, every comment that comes out is a sheet comment about, you know, and they're giving this information away for free. If I was AEW then I would try to figure out a way how to monetize this stuff and have like an uncensored sit-down interview with John Moxley where, you know, you ask him, you know, directly about The Shield and how was it working with Roman and, you know, how was it un- give me Give me your uncensored answer on, on Brock Lesnar. You know, stuff like that. To try to monetize it. And then once you talk about it, then when they do these interviews, you can say, hey... You know, I have nothing to say about the WWE. Everything I said about the WWE is on my uncensored interview, which you can get at AEWshop.com. And just leave it at that. Turn it into some sort of money and focus on your your brand. Because at this point, you can't go into 2021 because I'm I'm just waiting for Jericho to have that sit-down interview with Sting because he always seems to have the interview with some big star that comes into AEW. I'm just waiting for Jericho to have that interview, and I'm just waiting for um, Sting to start bearing the WWE. That type of stuff should be monetized if you're going to do it. You shouldn't be doing it, but at least make some money off it.
1: I agree. When you make an immediate appearance, not only should you be giving information out, but there should be some sort of call to action to direct people where to go from there. Right can't just blindly think oh yeah i see this guy on tv i'm just gonna follow his shit no man and it goes to something like d.a and i were talking about um i can't even remember to be honest what we were actually were talking about but it was either earlier today or last night um you know when you do something like that i mean you kind of have to pretend like your audience is a bunch of three-year-olds you can't just always just show them stuff sometimes you do have to just tell them something you know what i mean like you have to talk to them like they're little kids just so it clicks
4: right
3: yeah and uh, you know I, I just wanted to say i, I want to go back to something that wade said earlier about uh, mm-hmm. the guys just trying to make the the guys the boys in the back pop for stuff and, and you know that's something i had totally forgotten about that's pretty much what AEW does is they're doing everything for themselves you can tell by their matches and their storylines it's not to get fans interested in it it's just for them you know, it'd be like, oh, well, I did this because I wanted to and stuff like that.
4: You can tell you can tell that they're pushing themselves. And I'm not saying that from a good perspective. I'm just saying that from a perspective of like they've never done this before. So mm-hmm. they think that what they're doing now is great because they've never done it before. So, like, for instance, like I can make the, you know, the best hamburger I've, I think I can make in the world. But if I go to Red Robin or, or some other gourmet hamburger place and I taste their hamburger compared to mine, I'm like, Yeah, theirs is much better. So I think that's what AEW's doing. It's like, hey, we've never done you know no. weekly television. We've never done storylines that branch off into each other. We've never done, you know, gimmick changes and and, and and had to put on live pay-per-views. So we're doing great because we've never done this before. But in actuality, there is a standard, which is the WWE, and that if they can really learn the lessons from the WWE, if they just focus on what they're doing right, you always want to talk about what Vince is doing wrong. Let's talk about the stuff they're doing right. Like visually, that freaking inferno match, Yeah, visually, oh my god (laughs) like when the fiend was in the ring and his hands raised up and fire was everywhere, come on visually unbelievable
1: and uh, DA you and I were talking about that last night too Um, you had pointed out to me a uh, comment on Facebook you saw from one of our friends, uh, Ben Thomas, right? Yeah. What what, what was it, it, it that Ben said? Pretty much he was alluding
3: to that uh, how do you burn somebody uh, and, and pretty much kill them on live TV before, you know, what, what was it? Like four days before Christmas and then come back on Monday and, and say, oh, well, he was not really dead. You know, it, it was kind of out of the realm of reality for him. He kind of got out of it.
1: Yeah, and he he made the decision to to take a break from watching Raw, right?
3: Yeah, and, and that's something I find myself struggling with, where you know I can't really get lost anymore in in wrestling because of the outlandish storylines. But I, I do have to disagree with uh, Ben and agree with Mac that 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 just it looked amazing, and I, and I kind of wanted to go back and watch the match.
1: And it kind of reminded me, too, of a tweet that I saw from Aaron Rift Sunday night after the the pay-per-view because somebody was asking him about it as well. And he said, in his opinion, it's no different than if you're watching Friday the 13th and how many times Jason Voorhees has been stabbed, shot at, put on fire, drowned, choked, all that stuff. And he keeps coming back. And it's like, it, this didn't happen to Bray Wyatt. This happened to The Fiend. And The Fiend is the closest to a character like a Jason Voorhees or a Freddy Krueger that you can get compared to anyone else on the roster. So, in that aspect, it's kind of believable for a fantasy character for that to happen to him, wouldn't it? And that's where I mean, it's, you know, somewhat getting, so. getting confusing,
3: at least for me, because I'm, I'm used to the older days of wrestling where everything was kayfabed. And now you have the two personalities You have The Fiend. And then you have, you know, uh, whoever, what what it's his real name is. He's playing this character. He's, he's an actor now. He's, he's not both guys 24 seven.
1: Yeah. But even then Bray Wyatt is a character. It's when I was saying that I wasn't saying like the man himself was the one that, you know, got burned. Bray Wyatt's a character. just like the fiend is a character It it's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde in a way. It wasn't Bray, the guy with the sweater that's like, "Hey guys, welcome to my fun house." He wasn't the one that got burned. It was the exactly. "Let Me In" guy that got burned.
4: I just, I, I think for me, um, I always criticize AEW of uh, improvement and refinement. So I think that this is a sector where the WWE needs that this is what I'm saying. Um, for improvement and refinement, if you think back to the match that the Fiend had against, um, Seth Rollins, it was hell in the cell. And that's when they were doing this whole gimmick where he would wrestle in red, which I'm glad they got rid of that. But all the lights were red whenever he would come up to wrestle. Now, if you remember that match, um, the match ended, and like a no contest because Seth just kept like throwing things on him and beating him up within it. Just like it was just a pile of things on top of. It. So, all the producers, all of the you know backstage people, they came out. They cut the you know the cage door open, and they're like, "Oh my God, is he? He's not okay!" And they try to stretcher him out, and then he you know got up again and was doing the whole you know. Uh, you can't hurt me thing. The problem that I have with the WWE and doing something like they did with the fire thing is that during that Hell in a Cell match, they painted the picture that something seriously was wrong here and we have to help this man, right? That's what should have happened in the Infernal Match. If you have Orton, who beat the guy, the guy catches on fire, matches over. Don't visual, by the way. He's on fire. He notices he's on fire, but still charges at Orton. I thought that was great. But now that he's laid out in the ring, lifeless, and Orton is pouring gasoline on him, where's the official? The official should have came down. You know, the commentators try to put it over as much as they possibly could. Um, but you needed some people there to tell Orton no. You needed somebody to, you know, don't do it. Think of him, his life is You know, just make it really seem as if you want to send a man on fire. Not only did you send him on fire, but then he was on fire for a while. No one came with fire extinguishers. No one came, you know, and then he, he was able to pose while the guy was on fire, and then the pay-per-view went off. So I just would have liked a little bit more believability where if something like that happened to someone and we're thinking that's really in there burning, should have been a lot of people coming out trying to help and trying to talk Orton out of it because I think it would have made that look that much more uh, of a serious situation.
1: Well, let me ask you this uh, because I can't remember exactly, but Back in Royal Rumble '98, when Kane and Paul Bearer set the Undertaker on fire in the casket, did the referees come out and try to stop him?
4: Um, I think so. After, after, after it, after they were set on, it was set on fire. I think so.
1: But not when he was pouring the gasoline were... on it.
4: I don't remember if there was one official there. Or... It wasn't a group of people. I could say that.
1: I do but know. I, I, I... On the Raw afterwards, they showed footage from after the pay-per-view where the referees had uh, used the fire extinguishers and they used the axe to bust open the casket and Undertaker wasn't there.
4: Wasn't it, the, Yes, that I remember. Do yeah.
1: you think they should have maybe done something like that last night on Monday Night Raw for Bray Wyatt and the Fiend?
4: Um, I mean, you should have maybe had them head towards the ring and then the lights went off and then when they came back on, then he was gone. I just... I, you just literally burn this man to a crisp.
3: I think and, it goes back to the point I was making earlier where we're in mm-hmm. the era of it's a movie set now. It's it's not mm-hmm. something you're doing in front of a live audience. So they're they're taking their, and by them, I mean the WWE, they're taking their liberties and they're treating it like a movie. And now you have Randy Orton burning the,
4: the fiend. Well, there's two different, using that analogy, there's two different type of movies though, right? There's yeah. an action movie like Mission Impossible where Tom Cruise wants to curse at his crew. No, the, where, he wants to, <laughs> where he wants to do um, all of the stunts himself to make it look as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. The punches to look realistic as possible. The jumps to look realistic as possible. Like Everything he wants to do and put his life really on the line, even though he can very easily wear a cable. He just wants it to look real, right? Uh, The last Mission Impossible that came out, he's supposed to do a jump from one building to the next, and he jumped, and he kind of missed it, and he broke his leg, and he had to have surgery and stuff, and I think they were down for like five or six months, and then he, you know, did the stunt again. Just to make it look realistic as possible, right? Then there's the other type of action movie, like Fast and the Furious, where it's like, you're doing stuff that's like in real life. There's no way you can do that. Like, what was it, um, Hobbs and Shaw? <laughs> when I think The Rock was holding the helicopter with his with his bare <laughs> hands or something like that. Yeah. Like, like, like you you have to just choose what type of action situation it is. So I just thought that the WWE is more in the realism business, more of like the you know the Mission Impossible type. I guess, movie sets compared to the CGI, super duper fake, you know, stuff like Fast and the Furious.
3: And and, and I think it was when you had live in a live audience and you had to do stuff in front of the fans. But now it, it's, it's a closed set. You don't have to do stuff in front of fans. You're just doing stuff in front of the camera.
2: But I also think going off of what Max saying is, you know, if they did something like that of having them, like, come out, then the light's going out, and then suddenly he's gone, it would have made the whole segment with Alexa that much better because the fact that then it would have been like, well, where the hell did The Fiend go? And then, bam, here's Alexa in the middle of the ring at, Aunt, at Randy talking to somebody randomly in her pit in her playground it would have made it 10 times more better and a lot more creepier
1: you know what would have been kind of cool too to add on to that is if that segment last night with orton and alexa bliss can you imagine as soon as like the lights go out and they come back on and they got the play set in there and all that stuff if if the fiends charred body would have been laying there as if like in the underworld his body and soul is still there but in reality he's not kind of like how they played the whole thing on stranger things where he had the reality then he had the upside down
2: that would have been awesome
1: that would i think that would have been kind of cool especially
2: with the fact that she was like kind of pointing to where his body was originally yeah and if the camera had like panned down to sit there and see like his body being there, like that would have been awesome.
1: Yeah. Cause then they could have played it off. Like, you know, now that we can't see him in, in our present reality, in our perception of what reality is in the reality of the firefly Funhouse and the, and, and all that whole mythos, he's still around. He can still do things and he can still haunt us from that other side.
4: It's
1: almost like Freddy Krueger in a way. Kind of. Yes. Where you got the reality and then you got the dream world. Mm-hmm. So who's at fault here? Is it is it uh, the writers for
3: Because no, I I would like to think that the writers are smart enough to come up with these ideas. I
4: I, I just I just think because the ratings were the lowest that they've ever been, um, on that go home episode of Raw, which is that that's a very a very scary place to be in. Yeah. So I I think they said we need to, and this is going to segue to the, I have a question for Cat, but this is going to segue into that. Um, they have like, repeatedly done too many things this year to make the WWE in my opinion a successful company yes they make money yes they have these television rights yes they're doing okay with the network but in terms of when fans come back in terms of creating compelling storylines they've done too much. And when I say done too much, you got to look at this. Paul Heyman had the book and Paul Heyman was focusing on building. In fact, we did a show about that. We were talking about how we were giving Bruce Pritchard props a few months back, but then we said we're going to have to wait and see because he kind of was building off of the residue of what Paul Heyman had built. So now that... Pritchard fully has the book. We now see that he just ran this into the ground. It's crap. It's crap. So it is. They should have stayed with the 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 edict that Paul Heyman set down, which was we gotta create new stars. He was pu- pushing Ricochet. He was pushing Apollo Cruz. He was pushing Aleister Black. He was uh, pushing. Um, uh Garza and Andrade um, Andrade. and Selena. he was pushing Selena. he was pushing he got the street profits on there. he made the he called the street profits up early and he said oh no Vince I just want to you know just want them to be backstage just want them to be backstage and and he basically pulled them off of NXt he said I want these guys and pulled them off of NXt and when you interview any of the members of the street profits they say oh yeah we'll call him and guy Cause he went and got us, so he was creating these new stars, and I'm sure there's some guys and some people I left out that he was pushing. Like he was really, they were really trying to get over the Viking Raiders, like really hard trying to push them, at least trying, you know. He helped Seth Rollins change into, you know, the the Monday Night Messiah. You know, they put they they, they did every put Murphy with Seth Rollins. Which is something that I don't, think any, I don't think anybody would have thought of doing. Help Murphy get over. So he did all these things to push the WWE into a new crop of stars with new storylines and new, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Vince doesn't like it. The ratings dip a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he's out the job. Pritchard comes in, and now it's the lowest it's ever been. So, of course, they're going to try to do something that's going to pop the ratings for the pay-per-view, like this Inferno match. Of course they're going to do that, because there's no other way around it. What else could we possibly do that's going to have people tune in to Monday? Now, they did it, and then Monday came, and then they dropped the ball again. Why is Alexis in The ring on a playground set. Then she's saying, if he comes back? What do you mean, if he comes back? What is this? No, The Fiend is not dead. The, The promo should have been in the middle of the ring. First of all, you should have had Alexis come. No music, no lights, just as Orton is talking. You should have had her come to the top of the ramp, crying and bawling her eyes out and saying, why did you do this? He was my best friend, because we're trying to make the fiend a face, right? So why did you do this? He was my best friend. Why did you do this? And then Orton, you know, say some line back to him, like, of course I did it. There was no other choice. There was no other choice. And maybe after she's crying or something like that, then have her start manically said it wrong. Have her start laughing really, really hard. Like have her cry real real hard, right? And then have her just start laughing. And then have her skip off. And people would be like, Well wait a minute, what what was that about? Rather than having a slide and a swing set, and all, it didn't work. It just didn't work.
2: I think that whole thing with her on the swing set thing would have worked if it was like a video promo. But I have to agree with you there. That's like one of the biggest things that I've been saying is, you know, you look at literally the beginning of this year, the stars that Heyman was trying to create, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, talking about a female wrestler that actually recently got fired from WWE, you know, Zelina Vega, one of the things she actually talked about on her very first stream when after leaving the WWE was Heyman had the plan that they were doing a whole feud with Alistair and Andrade for the U.S. title, and they were going to have Zelina in the middle of and continuously keep hinting. Is she going to choose her husband or is she going to choose her business partner? And that's the whole thing that they were trying to build was to build this whole story between the three of them. And it's like hearing that idea, like that would have been an interesting thing because you're literally blurring the lines of reality and wrestling there. And, you know, Haman was trying to let. Liv Morgan, become Liv Morgan and start being herself and start being creative and do all these different ideas that for so many months were being shot down by events repeatedly. Yeah,
4: Yeah, because it did set her up perfectly with those vignettes. I don't know if you guys thought of those vignettes. You guys remember those vignettes? Um, Yeah. Where she's in a bathtub and... And saying, like, I this is the real great. me and all that. Yeah, I thought they were really well
0: done.
2: I, I thought it really was well like literally introducing, you know, to me, you know, even though I'm, you know, a 31 year old single mom, to me, you're introducing the younger audience because right. there you go. You have a young lady who ev- kids could relate to because she's only in her early 20s, but she at times feels like a lost teenager. And that was the whole thing that they were creating was her introducing the real her and not taking on the peer pressure of being who she was trying to be with the right squad and everything else. And I thought that would have been great. And when Pritchard came in, literally it was, eh, this is done. And it's like, that's the number one thing, like, that has kind of turned me off from watching Raw and SmackDown is... Mm -hmm. The way that, to me, Bruce Prichard has ruined it all. Like, Heyman was the first one with Shane to come up with Raw Underground. Raw Underground... which they really... just, stop. they just yeah, stopped! Yeah, they stopped it. it out of the blue, and it was actually giving them ratings.
3: It was getting over, they were,
2: yeah. Because they were putting people that weren't always used to be used. And building them up. And, you know... Shane is very much like that aspect, just like Heyman. Like, you can see it of, okay, well, I know what this person's abilities are. How about I play on those abilities? Like, he knew that, you know, Eric of the Viking Raiders was more a grappling type of guy. Okay, let's put him in the Lucha, let's put him in raw Underground with Dolph Ziggler. That right. was definitely pushing Dolph Ziggler. Right. Because right. people tend to forget that Dolph Ziggler was more of a guy that came from Kent University, and that's his way of wrestling. You know?
4: Right. And- they, were doing, they were doing, you know, they were, um, yeah, whatever happened to that guy that they really had put over? Because there were, there were two guys. It was What was the guy's name? Daba Koto, I think his name was.
2: Dabakoto and then um Aturo. Aturo got injured and
4: At- in got At- Yeah.
2: Yeah, Aturo got injured and got sent back to NXT. And Dabakoto is one of the big guys besides Keith Lee, Osmosis, and Otis that got sent to the performance center to go work on them work on their character building with Duke Rulak and uh, Adam Pierce.
4: But still, the, you know, the, uh, what's that guy's name? Osmos. Yes. He, I don't think he can work really at all, but he, you know, he's he just, Vince has a thing for guys that are like seven foot something. He doesn't care if they can work. He oh, just yeah. likes the, he just likes the look of someone that's seven foot something. <laughs> so that, all that's right. the part that's, that's the part that's, um.
2: Literally last is. night when we watched Raw. You know, it was the first time we watched Raw in a very long time, and Jeff goes, "Who the hell is that big guy?" And he's literally like, "Can the guy even work?" And then he was just like, "Why the hell are they handing him the mic?"
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. A, I, I don't even make out what he said.
2: He was like bitching at
4: John the, the, Morrison the, the, then, the, something like yeah, that. He was literally
2: like bitching at John Morrison and literally it was just like what the shit and then like and then he walks out the ring and disappears yeah Like
4: so let me me ask you guys let me ask you guys a question because I I did say earlier I wanted to segue into something so during the pay-per-view um we're all
5: you know we normally tweet or text each other or something and um Drew McIntyre opened the night with AJ Styles. Now, Kat, you had a very big problem with.
2: You. Most definitely.
4: Why why did you have such a big issue with
2: that opening? Because to me, like, I felt like you kinda for me, like sitting down, like Jeff and I had a whole conversation about it. And it's like, to me, you kind of like.
0: What do
3: you mean, you people?
2: <laughs> Talking about WWE. You know, like the whole thing of no opening... <laughs> <laughs> opening up with AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre literally was a whole thing to me, like, it shouldn't have been done. It's like I could have understood it if it was like the the second or third match with the fact that the the other TLC was like towards the end. Like, hell, even like in the middle. But the whole thing was opening it with that match. Like, you're pretty much, especially with the fact of how bad the ratings have been on Raw, I'm just like, you're literally going, well, we don't care about our Raw our uh, storylines compared to what we care about with our SmackDown storylines. Like, so for me, that was the whole thing of Bruce Pritchard is just like, eh, forget Raw. And what I've been working on on Raw, it don't even matter. And so to me, like, I felt like that was just terrible. It's like, yeah, they had, they. I will not lie, they had a great match. But I don't think it should have been the first match on the card. I think you could have started with any other match. And it would have been fine. And it's like, hell, I I honestly think, like, you could have started that whole thing with the match right afterwards of the women's match and been perfectly fine. You know? But to me, it's like, it was a whole thing of... It felt like you're literally... Especially since they had scrambled the whole thing together. Anyways, like... Oh, hey, we've ended Drew's feud with Randy. Uh, Drew and AJ. I'm like... Cool, AJ won... A title shot. But, you know... I felt like there was hardly any true build... There was just AJ literally attacking Drew anytime he got, and if they did wrestle each other, like the big guy always got involved, and I was like, "That's kind of lame." So you're saying that AJ Styles is worthless without some big seven foot guy around? Like, that's an insult to AJ Styles to me. So, you
4: know? so Wade, what what do you, what do you think about it opening the?
1: Um, I didn't have a problem with them opening it because it, they got two TLC matches that are taking place. I'm not going to put them back to back. Um, I wouldn't want to see them back to back. It'd be kind of exhausting. Um, what I've always been taught in the business is that an opening match is not an insult. An opening match is the booker and the promoter saying, I have got confidence in you to set the bar for the night because uh, you open up the show and you walk through that curtain when you're done and you look at all the boys and you say, top that. Um, so you're setting the mood for the night to build on something that Kat had said that this was a match that had apparently just been thrown together, right? Uh, there was not a strong build or anything like that. I wouldn't want to put a match that has no strong build to it in the middle of the show. Um, I would put together a card that kind of has a rising conflict in a way with all the other matches that took place on this card. If this one was the one with the least build, it would also kind of make a little bit of a sense to put it early on, such as the opening match. I don't think it took away from anything else that happened in the event. Um, in 2020, if you are wondering, Oh, I wonder if AJ or Drew can go. I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a weird way of looking at things. Um, I think in 2020, if you don't know if these guys can go or not, then either you have a flawed look at wrestling or they have not done their job in the ring over the course of what 15, 20 years that they've been in the business. Um, at hell in a cell, we opened up with Roman Reigns versus J Uso for the universal championship. And it was in a hell in a cell match. There was no complaints about that. And that was a phenomenal event and it didn't take anything yeah. away from their abilities. It didn't take away from their performances. It didn't take away from the other show or their own show of whether or not they, the bookers have cared more about this or that. I think it was just, there's a certain method to the madness. of when you put a card together, when you put a card order together, it's no different than a baseball manager put together their lineup of who's going to be batting in a baseball game. You have a certain order. Yeah, I, uh,
5: um, I don't have a problem with it. I, I, I mean, I understand what Kat's saying is that it makes the title not seem as important, but, um, I think overall, um,
4: they're not really putting emphasis on the championship overall. Uh, Drew McIntyre, unfortunately, is not a champion that draws eyes to the television screen. He's not a Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns' act on SmackDown and the matches that he has put on, that match with Kevin Owens during that pay-per-view, was just amazing. Storyline, drama like it's just it was just a, a absolutely amazing match that they put together
2: most definitely but... and it was telling an entire story throughout the whole thing and that's kind of like the whole thing is even like those matches were kind of like you know the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns one was kind of you know thrown together but they've had such a long history that that story could continue
4: Right, and 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 it, it just it just was a really good match. If you compare the storyline as well
5: as the um, match itself
4: to what Drew McIntyre has been putting on for the last three or four months, you'll see that it's a very sharp contrast in terms of exactly how Drew McIntyre is and what he can do compared to how, you know, Roman Reigns is and what he can do. I just think that Drew right now is not the person that should be the champion right now during this time period. And there's no disrespect at all to Drew McIntyre's capability. I think Drew McIntyre really needs a crowd to you know, get himself over at this moment um, to try to feed Like when he was doing the countdown for the Claymore, that was really getting over. I think he needs a crowd to, you know, continue that trend. But I just don't think he's the right guy for the championship right now. So this is a question I want to start with you, DA. What do you think or who do you think should be the champion for the Raw brand that would draw ratings? Heading into the beginning of twenty
3: twenty, I just don't understand why they took it off of Orton. I thought having Orton as champ would have been good for a while, and especially with this uh, program he's having with the Fiend. I think if you throw the belt in there, we just would have added more heat—no <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude. Ha-ha>. Ah, ha! <laughs> uh,
4: t- pun t- totally program.
2: intended.
4: Latino heat. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: Mamacita.
5: No. <laughs> okay, oh <my>. Mamacito. <laughs>
4: Wait, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think should be champion going to 2021?
1: Uh, I would, uh, without hesitation, say MVP. Hurt Business right now has got all the gold. Why not continue that, uh, that push for the gold to give MVP, who is one of the most brilliant workers on the mic uh he's been putting on a phenomenal performance in 2020 which is surprising considering how they brought him back what the rumors were what they were it was going to be a one-off and he's still here um he's put together a hell of a group with the hurt business um and he you got to have a heel as as champion to help drive things right that's what they always say if you got the face chasing the champion and we're going on to the road to wrestlemania it always makes a little bit more sense in my opinion to have the heel as the champion around royal rumble time going into wrestlemania so you can have that you know heartfelt good to end moment at a wrestlemania when the person that's been chasing it finally achieves their goal at the biggest event of the year so MVP, I think, would be a a great person to throw the strap on, in my opinion.
3: There's always such a letdown when when a somebody you don't like wins the Royal Rumble. Am I the only oh. one that
4: thinks?
2: This no, year? I agree with you.
4: No, you know? I don't. I don't disagree at all. I don't disagree. I mean, I don't, I don't even know who you would pick to win the Rumble this year. They haven't really built up anybody. Because I like really, when Drew McIntyre won last year, um it was kind of one of those years where it was like, okay, who do you see winning the Royal Rumble? You know, it wasn't like, okay, we know that this is now his stage to win it. When it got closer to the Rumble, then it was kind of like, okay, it's going to be McIntyre. But I don't think there's somebody that's, like, let's say Daniel Bryan years ago, where it's like, okay, he needs to win. I don't think there's anybody like that right now.
1: Well, um, a few weeks ago, I wrote a, an article on Ring Scoops about my six mm-hmm. prospects to win the Royal Rumble. I have three male, three female. Uh, the mm-hmm. three picks that I chose for the men is Keith Lee, Edge, and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And for the women, I chose mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Shayna Baszler. So, as far as who I think will win the Rumble... Shayna Baszler? Shayna Blazer. Yes. No, okay.
3: Just yeah. want to make sure.
1: Um, yeah, those were my, those were my six picks to, to win the Royal Rumble. And I, and three, four weeks after I wrote that article, I still stand by those. Maybe not so much more of the, the Carmelo one, but.
0: Hey,
3: every time, whether Carmelo wins or not, it's going to be a golden night.
1: You're right. It will be.
2: That subway.
3: Oh, she's,
1: she's going to take a shower. It's going to be a gold. Wait a second. <laughs> mm. Hey, now, wait a minute. Come on there, D.A. Come on pay- now.
2: Corey, Corey Graves loves to eat it fresh.
4: What? <laughs> wow. You know, I yo, like I said, Cat's in a mood, man. Cat <laughs> is in a mood.
3: <laughs>
1: fresh Santa Claus, he likes fresh cookies on Christmas night. Cat, I got a question for you real quick, and this is a great segue. Uh, do you know what the word bukaki means? Boop, 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 yes, boop, I boop. do. All right. Oh, wow.
4: Just, just
2: kind of yep.
1: curious.
4: She's in the mo. She's in
1: the mood. I've
2: already said, that he said this to you. Yes, I do know it. No one never had it well, done. Well, thanks Thank for
4: letting you. the world well, we know that to. we have already <laughs> wow. had this conversation. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't think uh, we were going to have you had it done before.
1: <laughs>
2: no, he asked me this the other day.
1: I asked her what it was, not if she wanted to be part of it. (laughs) Just to clarify
2: Surprise, (laughs) that's why we're all here.
1: (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Merry Christmas!
3: All right, whip them out.
2: (laughs) What's your favorite kind of oatmeal cookie? uh, You asked me if I knew what it was when I said, (laughs) yes, you said there and said, I'm kind of curious. And then you asked me when I explained the context of it, you're like, did you have it done to you? I was like, oh, God, no.
1: You know, what you're saying right now was in the, the context of a private... Message
2: keyword no, on the
1: private on was it on? No, it wasn't on Twitch when I asked yes, you it if you was knew what Twitch. cocky was. Was
2: it? Yes,
1: is that video on demand available to the public or is it only for subscribers? Yes. Only
2: <laughs> it's probably viewed for video anybody to well, watch. Well,
1: first you Twitch. said a firm yes, now you say probably. <laughs>
4: I just want to know why I wasn't involved in the conversation.
1: Because you don't, you don't, you don't know about Twitch. You don't go to Twitch stuff unless somebody tells you to, Mac. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I thought Bukaki was a city in China.
0: <laughs> up, yeah.
3: I think was that next was next to
4: Bangkok.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
3: Uh, I wrote it big. I have a huge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but to to answer uh your question there Mac of who I think should be the champion in the 2021 I have to agree with Wade. I think right now the best person to put it on is MVP. With the really? way that the her business is going I I think like they're you know I don't care for Bobby Lashley. I really don't.
3: I'm going to say that I disagree. When, when, why do all the African-American men need the championship belt? We never had all the white men have the belt (laughs) latest?
2: Shut up, DA. But literally, I think right now with the way that this group is growing, I think it will be great for them. To have every single belt.
1: What, Would another word that would be appropriate for this would be that they have... evolved into such a good group to have every championship ding, 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 ding. you said the magic That's word exactly it would be an evolution moment it would be an evolution moment and that was a huge moment for that group at the end of Armageddon with all exactly. of them holding up title belts That would, I, to me that would be a great way to end the Royal Rumble is if you have every member of the Hurt Business end up on that stage just like Evolution did with all of them holding up world championships
4: I just see this is the thing I don't disagree with a world champion in the hurt business. I do disagree with it being M V P though. Only because um Bobby Lashley has really solidified his character as like, okay, once I put on the hurt lock, then it's gonna be very hard for you to beat me. Like they really put it over. And they really put over his mean streak. Like they really made him Someone that is like, oh, here comes Bobby Lashley. They really have done that. Um, they did not do that um, when they were doing the whole Lana thing with them, which I think. Well,
2: that whole Lana thing was terrible.
4: It was terrible. I, I want to call it terrible. I just think it was poorly written. I think the, the initial surprise and shock for like the first month was good. But then it just. I don't know what happened to the booking. I don't know. I I have a hard time believing that Heyman had full control over that after it happened because it was it was popping a rating. The ratings were high during their segment. But the wedding, you know, the wedding thing where they introduced Liv, I think that was good. But but that was they, great.
2: And a lot of the writing for that whole for that whole feud was actually Rusev himself. Really? Yeah, he actually admitted that one that he actually was the one working with him and to to write the whole thing, because Bobby was completely nervous about it all, and literally, you know, would turn to him and go, "Hey, you comfortable with me doing this with your wife?" And he goes, "Oh, absolutely, because I'm <laughs> the one helping you write
3: it." Sure. <laughs> hey, you okay with me uh, performing bokalki on your
4: wife? Sure, sure. As long as I'm involved,
3: <laughs> anything um, for the business, brother.
4: Apparently, Bobby <laughs> Lashley didn't know
1: about one night in Milwaukee.
3: What was that? Apparently, Lashley didn't
1: know about one night in Milwaukee.
4: Oh, jeez. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. Um. Yeah. So, I you know, overall, I think Lashley should get the belt. He's the most believable person. I think he had a fantastic match with uh, Drew McIntyre. And I think during that time period, for because that's before they came up with the name The Hurt Business. I mm-hmm. think Lashley should have won won the title while they were building their ranks up. So I just think that it would have been a much better situation.
1: How about if, this, Mac? What about this for a scenario? What if uh, Bobby Lashley who, goes to the Rumble, beats Drew for the belt? and gives MVP the U.S. title, and MVP's next challenger comes up and says, Hey, you can't just get titles handed to you, and then they have a feud over the title.
4: I think that makes sense. I like
1: that.
2: That makes sense.
4: I like that. But the Hurt Business is the best thing on Raw right now. Yeah. Um, they have a great look, great entrance music. I don't like what they're doing with Cedric Alexander because it's way too early to be showing any type of uh, distinction in the ranks. I don't. I don't I'm not really a fan of that. That's the only good thing you got going on right now. So I would kind of chill out on, you know, trying to break up this group. I really would chill out on that. I think you should really focus on, because they were trying to do this whole thing with Retribution, and they just kind of killed whatever momentum they had with that. And now Retribution, a whole group is is feuding with a ricochet. Mm. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Not ba- not good basketball. It's not good. Um, it's not good writing. You can do better than that. Yeah.
2: And that's like the whole thing. Like that, I feel is like, in all honesty, I think because you have Pritchard doing both shows, you're now having mm-hmm. one show start lacking because now, the now fact that he was up mainly about
3: when Pritchard wrote that <laughs> show from last week. And you guys didn't like it.
2: Yeah. Like, the whole thing was, to me, I feel like with him having, you know, I think he's more focused on SmackDown at times because SmackDown was the first show he had, and then he got handed Raw. So, a lot of times, I think Raw gets the, the short end of the stick. Although, well, it fun- is the bigger show.
4: Well, what's funny is... um SmackDown is good because Paul Heyman is writing the main event storyline very closely with Roman. He's helping, like he's overseeing the matches being booked. The Jay Uso thing was booked brilliantly. I mean, he's he's really hands on, just like how he was with Brock. So I think that's a that's a really good thing that they have going on there in terms of synergy but you're going to have to fire Pritchard again so the question to you guys if you fire Bruce Pritchard who should have the book me (laughs) I want it if you have the book for 2021 what's the first major change that you would do starting with Smackdown with
1: raw starting with smackdown the the first change that i would do is uh i would bring Shawn michaels back okay and i would have Shawn michaels start a stable for himself i mean not where he's gonna wrestle or anything but he's gonna bring in a guy to be under his wing And then maybe form a tag team or something like that. He's going to be like, he's going to push this tag team and he's just be a mouthpiece for him for a little bit. And really put a lot of emphasis on the tag team division over on SmackDown because I think they got, they got some solid workers over on SmackDown that could work really good tag team stuff. That's what I would do on SmackDown. I would, I would, I would make SmackDown because what you said about Roman and Paul Heyman, like it writes itself. It's, it's a, They print their own money, pretty much, because it's just really good stuff, right? But, I mean, let's think about something else that would make SmackDown different than Raw. Different than a lot of things that we see on television right now is a very serious run with a tag team division. I would make the tag team division just as important as the top singles championship. And, you know, I obviously have that. something like the Intercontinental title be a little lower than that. I mean, let's, let's be obvious. I mean, not everything is going to be equal. Not every championship is going to be equal. Intercontinental title is no more important than a world title. And it shouldn't be because it's not your main title. So let's just get that out the window right now, too, because there's going to be somebody's going to listen to this and be like, well, you know, everybody's going to be equal and they're on top. not. Nah, that's bullshit. Tag team titles, though, got to be... Up there, not maybe like ninety nine percent where the world title's at one hundred percent, so it's not exactly equal, but it's it's up there. Tag team division is where I'd go with SmackDown because remember, early days of the brand split, what was one of the things that SmackDown had above everyone else that you saw at that time, and it really helped the ratings out. And that was the tag team division. When, when Stephanie said we got tag titles, and we're gonna have a tournament. That tournament yeah, almost really single handedly popped the ratings. I thought you were gonna mention the uh, juniors. That's what uh, Super SmackDown. Porky <laughs> bring Super Porky <laughs> back. Different. Yes, you you have Super Porky and Otis as a tag team. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he loves the bacon.
4: Why did they break up having machinery anyway? Like I, I, I thought that that was a good give and take. Because I that's think they how...
2: were trying to do a whole feud with them, but then they did it to where they put Tucker on Raw, and now he's never even used.
3: It's just like real life. Yoko always gets in the middle of the Beatles and breaks them up. <laughs> Jesus Christ, DA. <laughs> Mandy Rose is Yoko. <laughs>
1: Oh. She's more like Yokozuna, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the ironic thing is she broke well, up a tag team to form a tag team. Right? <laughs>
2: she went from a tag team, broke off her own tag team, to break up a tag team to form a new tag team.
3: Yeah. that That is like the first tag team, I think, it, it, you know, the uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke tag team is the first tag team that there is no Gennetti and Shawn Michaels they're both (laughs) Jannetty they killed somebody in the 70s (laughs) has anyone seen Clem by the way where's Clem have you seen Clem (laughs) support the search for Clem by buying the (laughs) haven't seen Clem t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash ring scoops
1: exactly I'm pretty sure there's going to be a sale coming up pretty soon so keep an eye out for that whoa 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 whoa. 20% off ho ho Ho, ho, ho. Um,
4: so what? So what about Raw? What would you do for? So you're you're bringing Sean. Well, Sean's coming back. He's gonna bring a tag team with him, and he's gonna bring them to SmackDown.
3: Yeah. Well, hold on. He's not done yet with SmackDown. He's got to bring back uh, Teddy Long, so he could be like it's a tag team match player.
4: You know what tag <laughs> team that they should do in NXT that I, I like their um I like their uh, look. But I just don't like their name. Mm. What's that? EverRise. Rise. Ah. Ever
1: Not familiar with that. I don't watch enough NXT. I yeah, they're, they're- Ever it,
2: They've been a pretty much a jobber tag team that's been on NXT. But they they actually work pretty well, and they've been a tag team for a very long time. I do actually have to agree with you there. Just recycle
3: some tag team name that's not used anymore, like Ascension or the Rockers, uh, Generation X, or New New Midnight Express, or the Young Bucks, or APA <laughs> Two.
4: Yeah, I, I I think that EverRise would be a candidate. We just have to give them a different name and
2: name. gimmick. See the whole When's thing the, is uh, I I don't think they should even change the War Raiders name.
4: Well, you know, we have to be politically correct. That's right, pal.
3: (laughs) We got to be politically correct. That's why I'm going to write this check to Donald Trump.
4: (laughs) So, so we have. All right. So Sean's bringing the tag team. Is there any. All right. So that's your major thing you're doing on SmackDown, right? Yeah. All right. What's the major thing you're doing on Raw?
1: Major thing I do on Raw. I know Um, what I would
3: do. I'd first change the name from Raw to Raw's War because we're starting a war again.
1: Actually, I, I, you know what? I would change the name, like DA said, except I wouldn't change that. I would change it from raw to cooked because it's just too well done <laughs> nowadays. It's overproduced, it's overcooked. It's not raw anymore.
3: No <laughs> It'd be awesome if they called it nitro. Can you imagine if we had a NXT takeover nitro or something?
1: That would be interesting or a thunder.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're done it in your house, right? So they could do a, a nitro or.
1: Well, goddamn it, understand. DA! You know what? One of these days, motherfucker, we ought to go see fucking NXT Hog Wild
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> from Sturgis, <laughs> South Dakota.
3: <laughs> oh, that's just the worst pay per view kind. I want to see the like... bring back the Kiss Demon.
1: Remember the first Hog Wild? They didn't have ring mats around the ring; it was all mud. Oh, Jeez, <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's an Eric Bischoff idea, right?
1: Yeah, that was definitely
3: a Bischoff. Yeah, one. yeah, cause he's because a, he's a. Because
1: they were
4: biker, yeah. that was basically
1: it he's huge on that shit and plus he he's always over there in like wyoming and south dakota and all that area so he's like real big in that area
4: yeah
1: yeah no but she said yeah (laughs) real big um no for real though like going to uh, the raw thing um i i would say what i like what i said earlier about putting that strap on mvp but i'll alter that because i do agree after your uh what you had to say about Bobby Lashley. Maybe Bobby Lashley would probably be a better world champ. I still think MVP I think would be good in the job. But do the idea, Bobby Lashley takes the belt off of Drew at the rumble, gives the US title to MVP. MVP starts his program off with somebody that says you can't just be handed a title. Um and then have Bobby Lashley have a, a reign of terror for a couple of months. Well,
3: goddamn, of course he wants to hand him the title. Why doesn't he just have him piss in his mouth? Huh? I bet he wants to do that, too.
2: Oh, Jesus. Somebody get the
3: reference. I don't uh. think I do. It was when uh, Cornette was talking about when uh, Bret Hart wanted to just surrender the title after Survivor Series. Oh. And and he was like, oh, yeah, McMahon, that's a great idea. Why don't you just have Bret piss in your mouth, too? While well, he does it, hmm? <laughs>
1: I don't know why, um, but I was thinking carnival games, like the way you squirt the water in the clown's mouth.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, getting towards the clown back and, then. Until the balloon fills up and pops, right? You piss in their mouth until you get a pop.
4: It fills up till it pops.
2: <laughs>
4: um, okay, so you change the raw name, so I'm guessing you're changing the look, feel. Well, I was joking uh,
1: about the raw name thing. Oh, okay. Because, the, the, you know, plan off of what DA had to say.
3: You, you can't change the Raw name.
1: I, I, I think Raw and SmackDown, they're,
4: they're... I don't like this. I never I liked like the SmackDown, Smackdown. name. This just corny. Do you think Welcome they have to, to pay Smackdown.
3: royalties to The Rock, or do you think The Rock, every time he says SmackDown, he has to give Vince
1: Man a quarter?
2: I think they pay royalties to The Rock. That's why he owns the XFL.
1: What does the XFL have to do with the name SmackDown?
3: It says SmackDown on the balls. Does it? <laughs> or, or uh, you know, not soccer for the uh, international audience. Well, this actually, least...
1: considering a SmackDown is now in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, wouldn't that make that word public domain? So, like, if you were to do a trademark on it, you'd have to file a 2F, right? Well, yeah, you, I
2: think so, What yeah. if you had
3: it trademarked before it was in the dictionary? Huh. That's does a... it
1: supersede... I don't know. Does the dictionary um, have? To pay I'm you? not. I'm not a lawyer.
0: <laughs> Yet. I just play
4: one on TV.
1: <laughs> You'll get paid with Wade.
4: <laughs> or you get to get but Wade. Honestly, Wade. <laughs> but honestly speaking, I think that. Um, I guess I'll give my SmackDown idea. My, smack, my SmackDown idea that I would do, majorly change SmackDown, is I think that we really need to make this Roman Reigns thing like a real stable. Um, I love the head of the table tagline. I love that. And I also love the fact that they were playing with the idea of calling them the bloodline, which I think that's just really a dope name.
3: I like the when he was. Uh, is he still doing the chief thing where he's like the head chief, chiefy?
4: Yeah, yeah, yes. the tribal chief, he's and, tribal chief, head of the table. But it's yeah, but the head of the table seems like it's sticking more than King the tribal the, chief thing.
1: King of the manor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome home, Marty. <laughs> but,
4: but I, I, I would. Manor. I think. I think they would chain. You know, have the bloodline, and I would add. Uh, Jimmy even though he can't work I guess he's still hurt Uh, he needs to be out there doing something Um, I think that you need Tamina out there doing something as well too because the reason I'm adding all these people all these people I'm adding because you can be able to trickle you can all trickle them down to various segments of like the tag division, the women's division, the intercontinental championship. Do you mean a really
3: a woman? Yes. Oh, okay. I mean and, have, have we seen her, her parts? Or is she just one of those that identifies as a woman? <laughs> then we lose uh, all the audience. Oh my bad. Yeah, I'm going you to
4: know, well, she, thank you for yeah, thank you for Kevin uh, Kelly and there goes and,
1: our uh, female Acts like him. The comments made by the co-hosts of the Ring Scoops podcast <laughs> reflect that of themselves and not Ring Scoops itself.
2: The the comments made by DA reflects on DA and nobody else.
1: Well, I was like, I tried to throw and, a and whole and general like, f- net over the whole thing but okay.
3: to come back and do uh, do his the seg- the shtick they used to do, where uh, the Rock would call him Hermy. That would get over today,
1: right? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're so dumb.
4: Damn, dude. <laughs> what? You have Heidenreich start doing backstage interviewers again as well?
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
3: I mean, if you're gonna come in with these million dollar ideas,
4: you're you're hired.
2: Uh, I,
4: I I you know, make the bloodline <laughs> an actual group. And I really want Samoa Joe involved somehow. Does he, did he die? Like, does he, is he not able to wrestle anymore? Like, what's the... You have a guy that's good on the mic and was great in the ring, and he's doing commentary. So is there a reason? Is he retired? Because you can replace... You can get guys that are good commentators. But it's very hard to get superstars. And he's a Superstar. So why, why don't you get him? And I would love to see him in a feud with maybe Roman Reigns. When be
0: they interesting. talk about
4: Samoan heritage and then it, he's going against the bloodline. You know, Samoan going yeah, against cool. the bloodline. That would be really, you know, you can really paint this whole Samoan heritage thing. And that would, that would be really, really good. That would do a lot for, because Joe can, (laughs) Joe on the mic is lethal.
1: Yeah. He could cut a promo about like, hey, Samoa is not just in the name, but it's in the blood or something. mm
4: -hmm. Right. Right. So that's what I would do. I would make the bloodline an official thing. I would add Tamina. I would add uh, Jimmy. And I would just make that a thing. So And then I would have a feud start with him and Joe. And I think that you can carry that on for at least two or three pay-per-views. That's how it would start 2021 on SmackDown. For Raw, got to get the strap off of Drew McIntyre. Um, doing the whole Hurt Business idea. I think that would be what I would do for Raw. And then we need, I, I think you need somebody to like play off of. So I think that would be cool if the Hurt business, you know, made some type of deal with management and you know had like a special general manager or something. I don't know. Like you need, you need I, I, general managers. I think are kind of missed right now because you can have at least some pretty good backstage segments, you know, if you have a like a legend like Kurt Angle or somebody. But I think general managers are missed.
2: I think that's what they're trying to do with Adam Pearce without calling him the general manager. But they're yeah, having but you, him do it on both shows.
4: Yeah, well, they're just calling him a WWE official, and it's like, official what? <laughs> like, he's just... I, I don't know, but um, those are the two things I would do. Um, Kat, what would you do?
2: I Maybe. honestly... Um... With SmackDown, I definitely would, you know, going off of what Wade said, I definitely would put a lot more focus on the women on the tag team division there. Um, for the men, um, because the fact that's what, what made SmackDown was the tag team division. Um, for me, for Raw, definitely building up the hurt business. But one thing that I would also focus on is. You have so many women on both divisions, as well as, you know, so many women in your NXT roster to start building a solid, you know, tag women's tag team division and then having the other women separated to to have your women's divisions on both brands. And I think that would be great. And I think if you had it to where you had the women's tag team titles on the multiple brands you you'd get a lot more new faces and a lot new things and i think it'd be great because you'd be able to tell more storylines and everything else um something i definitely would say working on with raw is looking at okay you have 3 hours versus smackdown 2 okay if you're noticing that there's something going on with that third hour that people are starting to get un- uninterested you know, start working on something new and different, like how they were doing with Raw Underground. I, I would have, I would definitely bring something like Raw Underground back where we could slowly build new stars and show them in a different light and everything else. Um, But for SmackDown, definitely I would say, you know, building the um, tag team division and doing exactly as you said, Mac-like Building up the bloodline, like having that whole group. I honestly believe that definitely, if you add in Jimmy, if you add in Tamina, like you'll have a great whole thing with that. Because the fact that then you've got like every single division like taken care of, right there.
4: Right, they can accomplish like the 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 um hurt business is already accomplished, like conquering you know the entire brand, right. They just need a mm-hmm. world championship. But you can They just have... need a
2: world championship and if they add in a female at one point then bam, now you got the women's division.
4: Right, and then you can have a big payoff at some point. Like if they would have built this correctly, just imagine if they had the bloodline against the hurt business at Survivor Series.
2: Right.
5: That would have been that would have been fantastic.
2: Yeah, you, you could royally build it up to be really great
4: right exactly d a what did, what would you do what would it be the two things i think uh
1: d a messaged me a little while ago saying he'd be right back so he's not with us right now oh okay, yeah, but um let's uh let's uh go ahead and segue over to to the end of the show here uh one sure. of the things that I wanted to do um there's two things that i wanted to 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 do here on the christmas episode we had uh we had some people send in some voice messages that I would like to play on the air for everybody and uh also um for each of us the last couple days to write a christmas poem and read on the air for everybody too so what should we do first the poem or the voice messages
2: voice messages
1: voice messages what do you think uh mac You, you good for that i think we lost mac Okay. Um, All right, we'll just do the voice messages. Um, Let me make sure I got the volume up here. Here are the voice messages left for us uh, here on Anchor.
3: Hey, pal. This is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. just want to wish you a Merry Christmas.
1: That's the first one. Here's the second one.
3: Hey tough guy, it's Hecksaw Jim Duggan. I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. This hose for you. Ho, ho, ho!
1: Okay, this is the next one. This is starting to kind of sound a little fishy here.
3: <laughs> Hola, senor. Soy Pedro. Feliz Navidad. Um,
1: Jesus Christ. We got about three more here on anchor.
3: Hello, everyone. You know who it is, okay? I hope by now you're very happy that I gave you 600 reasons to have a Merry Christmas, okay? Unbelievable. You're fine.
4: Like a Okay. Guy. Let me know if you heard
3: this one before. What do ringscoops.com and cyberpunk have in common? Five minutes in, everybody wanted a refund. Ha 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 ha.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to. Yeah, I think we're getting worked here. Um, there's another uh,
3: one. Uh, hey, Scoops! I just want to wish you and your crew a Merry Christmas.
1: And we got we got a couple more here. Hold on to me. I don't want to get confused here with with uh, what I've already played. Um, actually, these ones uh, are from Cameo, actually um all right here we go we got this one here hello this is Darwash, the egyptian magician and just like it, i punched my stomach and make it disappear and feed the audience to my lion the 2020 is gone and now 2021 come by it's going to be a good year for everybody oh goody goody merry christmas Happy Holidays to Tarbosh, the Egyptian magician. So, so we got somebody got us a uh, yeah, Tarbosh. Uh, we got two more here. Uh, this is another one from Cameo. Hmm. Yeah, if it'll play.
0: Hey, hey, tough guy. Yeah, Bobby Spade here. <laughs> I just want to say Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa, there, The Mac of uh, Happy Holidays, uh, konnichiwa there to all the Japanese people that like to listen to the Ring Scoops podcast. It's going to be a jilly jacket, to say the least. 2020 was my favorite year of all time. Made a lot of money in that time. I don't know about you guys. But, uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and the Bobby Spade comic strip came out in 2020, eh? Eh? How about that, eh? Um, uh, and uh, in 2021, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to look like. But it's definitely, you know, uh, you know, like when, like when you... You put together a turkey sandwich. You got the tomatoes. You got the turkey. You got the lettuce. You got the mayo and the mustard. I tell you this, though, it's going to be a blue state. It's going to be 50 blue states all over the place. And I'm going to say until I'm blue in the face. And that other guy that left the message, I'm fired. You're fired. And I'm fired. You're fired. Yeah. It's going to be a chili jacket, to say the least, baby
1: and and our final one wow. here um what i've been told that this is going to be this is going to be uh a game changer for rinkscapes ladies and gentlemen here we go
0: this is the nature boy rick flair wishing the rinkscapes a merry christmas Woo! Woo! walk that out
4: All right! Wow, that's wow. the equivalent of that's the equivalent of Sting making his debut on AEW. That can't,
5: last
1: one. He, I can't believe that we got the Nature Boy Grayson, um, his presence oh. here. Da, are you I back with it. us? I guess not.
2: I do want to say some of those sounded awfully freaking fucking familiar.
1: They kind of freaking (laughs) did
2: you know what i just
4: i just uh i don't know if i ever told you this but i I got a problem with bobby spade
1: (laughs) i would imagine especially after what he said
4: (laughs) yeah it's like he just says little things and over the years i just kind of like let it go through one ear not the other but like he says little 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 snide comments and then like he talks to you like you're a piece of shit. So I don't understand that, bro. I really don't, but I was like, I don't I don't like it.
1: Well straight up. The only thing about Bobby Spade I like is uh, he's a moneymaker and sometimes he has just... his own
4: he has his own comic and, and, and you know, cool, good, congratulations. You know, on cameo saw that. One of the top earners, congratulations. But, you know, you not you say like a little a lot of little smart little comments here. I just, I'm just, just saying, cause I'm sure he's listening to the show. Calm down, brother. That's all I'm going to say.
1: You think, uh, you think 2021 is going to be the year that it all catches up to him?
4: I don't know. Because a guy like him always likes to, uh, well, I'm going to say that he always likes to make money because everyone likes to make money, but he always figures out a way to, you know, just kind of snake through things, you know? So, He's been around for a long time, and he hasn't really gotten what he deserves yet. I guess you. So, I don't know.
1: Maybe twenty twenty one will fix that for him. Maybe. Maybe. He,
4: watch his mouth.
1: Yeah, Bobby nope. Spade, watch your freaking mouth, or as Cat would say, watch your fucking mouth. God damn it! Hey, 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 hey! This close to Christmas, you're gonna drop a GD?
2: damn <laughs> that's just
1: not kosher
2: what the fuck is kosher
1: <laughs> i don't know so i, it's, it's why I guess where it's like pristine meat or something i don't know so uh, we uh we all got our christmas poems
2: i got mine
1: i don't oh you don't have one how about a christmas freestyle?
5: I'll
1: make one up and it'll sound like... All right, well, Kat, you want to go first?
2: Sure, mine's pretty long. I got it.
1: That's what I say.
2: (laughs) 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 Wow. All right, I'll go first. All right. Wrestling times of new, we finally got the woman to be respected in the speaking out movement, too. We ended the dick flip, started the what the hell is this, as the pandemic made everything in the world change, the wrestling world did too. No more crowds to get us into the matches, just AEW trying to act cool. NXT changed the game and brought us new dudes. Indies have been trying to just get by. People created OnlyFans, cameos, and TikToks. Sony tried to get people to watch her to try to be revel- relevant again. Stalkers learned that it's th- that it is prison time if you follow the wrestlers home. Lana fell in love with the table babies were born to many of them all some are coming soon the hurt business made mvp a star again and brought us exposure to all many wrestlers needed to be let go but let's just keep their crimes a secret after all twitch was on the rise for many of the stars but aj styles had to bring it to a downfall we saw 30 years of the undertaker and a shocker of them all Edge made us all cry as he speared through them all. Champions were made, Heyman worked on making stars. Pritchard just destroyed them all. Many legends were gone and even some young stars, but twenty twenty is one of that her wrestling changed it all.
1: Very nice. Wow. I like that. Very heartfelt. Wow. Oh very good. <laughs> okay, I guess. Um no, that was good. That was, not, it was very nice, cat. Very nice, very nice.
2: It's like I had another one, but I thought it was too lame, so I wrote that one.
3: Oh, I'm sure it's really, not as lame as mine.
4: <laughs> I feel really unprepared, but it's it going to be good. It just wrote it. To my...
1: uh, a DA, uh, Would you like to go next? Hey McAvoy, do you need me to give you a beat?
4: <laughs> Fuck. Sound like racist you, at all. That sounded like you <laughs>
1: lost a wrestling match with the fucking scotch tape.
4: Well,
3: what? Anyway, here's mine. Listening to fans is something promoters don't do. It makes us sad and makes us want to boo. You'll like what we'll give you, pal. It's what the boss said. Short guys getting over? Maybe when I'm dead. <laughs> Former WWE champion John Cena says the champ is here. When he comes out, grown grown men refuse to cheer. Maybe for Christmas, Cena will get over with all. Or perhaps Lana's wish will come true to crush Cena's Christmas balls. (laughs)
2: Ha 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 ha
3: ha ha. That's it. I told you it was pretty crappy.
2: I liked
1: it. I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very good. Very good. Macavall, you want to go up next? Oh,
2: Jesus Christ. All right, here we go.
4: Um, AEW on TNT. What do I see? What do I see? I see Tony Khan. Khan artist. Khan man. AEW that's not my brand what's my brand I'll say to thee I like watching NXT NXT now that's the place I want to go but NXT goes a little too slow maybe maybe if it just had a chance maybe NXT would be better if they treated it as a main brand what's the main brand you say well it's raw or smackdown And if I'm watching Raw SmackDown, I came to get on down. Why? Because I like to see things that look good on TV. Better than what Vince Russo used to do in 1993. In 93, what did you say? What did Russo do? He used to write magazines. He used to read them too. Now, this is not a poem. This is something off the top of my head. But I say in 2022, AEW will be dead. Thank you. Good rhyme. Good rap. Very nice.
2: Round of applause.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Thank you very much. I, I just made that. That's good. I like it. I like Great. it. I like it a lot. It's filling the vibe. You're giving AEW an extra year?
4: Yeah, because of the fans.
1: Because twenty twenty pretty much was a pause button,
4: right? Like, it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't even think they really hit the start button. But, hey. Ooh, ooh, uh oh! <laughs> Here comes the bad comments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this calls. Says
3: with the attitude era.
1: This calls for a Yugi. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> All right, um. Bobby Spade had a poem, but um, after what Bobby Spade said earlier tonight with his uh, comments, I don't think Bobby Spade should appear anymore on this show.
3: I agree. Come on, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, it's
1: kind of Robert.
3: Terrible. It's a terrible, terrible,
1: terrible, terrible. <clears throat> All right. Terrible. Here's my poem. Alone. Here's my poem. Kill, 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 Oh, wait, that's the wrong poem. Wait um <laughs> All right, here we go. Tis the season for an in-ring beating as the Miz sneaks around cheating. Drew holds his title high above the sky, but the Rock just wants a taste of pie. Enter Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. Ask his family, they'll have some beef. Lots of chaos around the squared circle. I've always wondered, where's Paul Burchill? Speaking of pirates, let's walk the plank. Wasn't it funny how the Miz lost money in the bank? Looks Ah. like Retribution's lost its heat. Every week, they see nothing but defeat. We're almost to the road to WrestleMania. Hopefully, we'll see Gangrel from Transylvania. But first, this Friday is finally Christmas. All I ask for is just a little bit of bliss. To close out this poem, not by the genius, I hope in 2021, we'll see, again, full arenas. That was good. That's right. That's right.
4: Thank you. I thought you were going to end it by saying, "I hope in twenty twenty one we'll see Val Venus's penis." Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he kind of verbally yeah, tweets
1: on. that every day on fucking Twitter.
2: <laughs>
1: the big Valbowski doesn't like to wear rubbers or masks. Or mask. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of reminds me, D A. Uh, you know who was asking about you the other day? Ooh, absolutely nobody.
4: Oh,
1: <laughs> God rest his soul, Pat Patterson. Love you, man. A tremendous mind lost. Well, your, your mom in the world of professional wrestling. 2020.
4: Wow, wow. We just had a moment, and then Da just couldn't help him. Yeah, your mo-
3: Your mom's a tremendous person in pro wrestling.
2: Da, what's your name? Blade. No. Do you need your loot?
1: (laughs) All right. Well, before we head out, um, does anybody have any shout outs or any plugs that they want to pop out there for everybody?
4: No. No. (laughs) That's so aggressive. No. (laughs) I would
3: like to promote uh, my podcast that I do with my buddy Rob. It's called Two Guys Drinking. and you can listen to it at anchor.fm slash two guys drinking. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, it's in the description box. Thanks, Wade.
1: You're very welcome.
4: You're very welcome. It sounds like that's a made up podcast.
1: <laughs> but you know what?
3: Your mom's a made up
4: podcast. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> she is. Yeah. How is
1: I'm waiting for <laughs> the, uh, the 2021 version of the podcast, Two Gals Drinking. <laughs> Well,
3: we all identify as men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, 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 and you know, like your mom and your sister should do a podcast called Two Gals Drinking," and they could drink wine while you guys drink whatever the fuck you guys drink.
4: So you guys drink beer during the party. Uh,
3: in the early days, we we did drink beer, but since we're remote now because of the coronavirus, uh, I think he's still wine drink beer. And and I I drink ginger ale.
1: No, don't lie. You guys drink Corona.
3: I Corona.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My (laughs) scrotum.
3: Tequila.
5: If we made it to the end of
4: the the show, then you, ladies and gentlemen, have won nothing but respect. There you go. That's it. That's all I have to me, say. From
3: a guy who's been trying to earn McAvoy's respect, that's pretty hard to come by.
1: Yeah, and trust me, a guy who knows the Rock. If you guys like to check out Ring Scoops on social media—Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch—all cool. at Ring Scoops. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/RingScoops for all your merchandise, including the Have You Seen Clem T-shirt, which limited time only. It will be pulled in the next couple of weeks, so you might as well get the T-shirt now while you can. Some t shirts only last a little while, like the blade t shirts no longer up anymore. It it got pulled down. So if you want the Clem t shirt, you gotta check. Yeah, the yeah. Ring scoops. We sell t shirts. We sell t shirts. And on yeah, that note.
2: Got we'll, down.
1: we'll we'll end we'll end it on that one. Mac go ahead and give your t shirts impression and then we'll call it a night. Uh
4: awesome
3: impression. Buy the shirt.
4: Buy the shirt. That's all I have to say. If you if you're with me, and buy the shirt. Well, there you go, ladies.
1: Buy the
2: shirt at Ringscoops.com, guys.
4: If you're not, then we got two words for you.
1: Happy
5: holidays.